0: Dance Masters the podcast. I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with
1: DJs behind the music. I'm James Blonde and welcome to the Dance Masters podcast where we dig a little deeper with the superstars of UK dance. We ask all our guests a series of questions and hope for a series of different answers to find out what's going on behind the scenes and what makes them tick. So if there's anything you want to ask on future shows just get in touch and let us know. Tonight's guest is a DJ and producer who has achieved worldwide success with his numerous chart and club hit singles. He's remixed over 40 tracks, covering pretty much the whole spectrum of musical genres, from current pop faves to classic artists. As part of production duo Full Intention, there's a further 80 or so singles and over 70 official remixes to add to this accolade. There's plenty to talk about, so here to tell us more, we welcome Michael Gray to Dance Masters evening james how are you i'm very good my friend there's so much to go through here your discography is insanely huge so i'm gonna go straight in for the kill has there been a point where you've had to pinch yourself or you thought i can't believe i've done this or i'm doing this or i'm working with this artist
0: i think there might have been that moment happened last night i was doing a live stream on twitch and i decided to a best of full intention And just the full intention records that I did, I didn't realise how many there was. A lot of people on stream were saying, how many have you done? And then we quickly looked it up and it was like, oh, okay, it runs into thousands. So that's when I had to pinch myself. I think I've been quite busy. And then that's not even my solo stuff. As
1: well as producing your own tracks, you've also remixed for a number of other artists as well. Is the one remix that you're most
0: proud of? Probably a remix for Duke, So In Love With You. The funny thing is, I remember finishing that off and thinking, it's not as good as it could be. And then suddenly it gets played on Pete Tong's show. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it actually sounds okay. You know, it's one of those ones that was slightly different from other stuff at the time. It wasn't the easiest record to remix, but it's a record that I don't tire of playing when we do our best of full intention sets or old school sets or something like that. I enjoy playing that. I feel very proud of it.
1: It's a great record. And your remix does definitely set it aside. Kind of like the Frankie Knuckles, the full intention mix of tears as well. I feel the okay. same. You know, the original is a great soulful piece of music on its own, but then you throw full intention into the mix and it just becomes a club beast, but without losing any of the essence
0: of the original track. Yeah. With that one, we were a bit more sympathetic and drawing out the dripping and dropping bits at the beginning, which on a club level, as you know, works quite well. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, well,
1: I was yeah. first made aware of your studio skills when you produced as Greed Early Doors and then obviously Disco Tex, and then Hustlers Convention. Were all these kind of precursors for the Michael Gray sound?
0: Yeah. Do you know what? The first Greed record was just myself. Then when we went to the follow-up, I then brought John in because I wanted more of a musical input. And then by the time we went to Hustlers Convention after Greed, and then onto Full Intention, I think that sound had been sort of put together. And then when it comes to my personal solo stuff, about 2003, 2004, with The weekend again, I had a different sound in my head that I wanted to put across. Yeah, they're all slightly different, I'd like to think. Well, you've just touched on The
1: weekend and also Full Intention. How does the Michael Gray production sound differ from Full Intentions?
0: I think with The weekend, I wanted to make it nodding slightly towards the French sound. And I wanted it to be insanely simple, but effective. It wasn't full of tricks. I just wanted something that's very simple. And then the borderline and so forth. Still soulful, but just slightly left of centre of the Full Intention sound.
1: I know you're successful in your own right as an artist and remixer, but as half a Full Intention with you and John, you've remixed pretty much the who's who, Whitney, Mariah, Jamiroquai, George Michael, everything you kind of touch
0: turns to gold. But is there one track that you wish you hadn't done? There's nothing that springs to mind because we had a policy, and I still do as a remixer now, all the pair of us. If we're not sure when we get offered something, we won't take 50% upfront fee that we charge, first of all, until we've just had a play around with the vocals and some chords and just to see. And if we think it's gonna work, then we will move ahead. We won't do something, or I won't do something, just for the sake of getting in the money in as quick as possible and hoping it sticks. We have to be a hundred percent happy with it. So I don't think there's anything that I regret doing. There might be one or two looking back. But we'll talk We'll talk the about time. them off air. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is it one or two that you turned down that you wish you hadn't?
0: Yeah. Boys to Men, probably, maybe we should have done that. We turned them down because we felt that it was a very slow track. It was practically a ballad. And you try housing those records up back then, the technology wasn't there. And you have so many syllables in such a small space of time to then make the whole thing faster on a house beat, it can sound awful. And I know there are a few remixers which wouldn't care; they'll just say, "Oh, look, doesn't matter," you know. But for us, it had to sound natural. But there was a situation when we had the A and R guy say, "Look, Clive is on the phone. He wants to fly the boys in, and they re-record it for you." really <laughs> you no know, they yeah we are yeah. like wow but we still <laughs> said no we still don't think we can make it right again back then we started doing remixes direct for the american labels they were just coming to us direct with those artists the only other track that we were offered which we turned down which i didn't think needed remixing we both didn't was sandy rivera's kot kings of tomorrow finally already sounded great as it was yeah you know, half of me thinks maybe it would have been nice to have our name associated with a big record, but you have to do what's in your heart and what you think's right.
1: And outside of production, do you prefer to DJ solo or as the duo full intention?
0: I enjoy both, really. I mean at the moment I know it's it's very, very quiet, insanely quiet, obviously because of COVID. However, I've been really enjoying streaming, which I've been doing since the beginning of January. Absolutely love it. It's the closest I'm gonna get to DJing myself i
1: was going to ask now the world's opening up again what is it you're most looking
0: forward to just getting out there and playing the records that i've been working on over the last year and hearing them on the club system and um hopefully the appreciation of what i've done at the moment on twitch you know the only way i know is if people put loads of emotes up with hands in the air and stuff like that if they like (laughs) like a record you've made there's quite a few gigs coming in now which is fantastic liverpool london birmingham very much the UK because I think that's what it's going to be like for a lot of this year because of COVID. It will be mainly UK, which is absolutely fine by me.
1: And how does the Michael Gray Spotify
0: playlist or listening content differ from the music you play as a DJ? Not that much different, actually, to be honest. I would say that I've got my personal in-car one, which you wouldn't see it on Spotify, (laughs) my personal playlist that I play in the car, which I definitely couldn't drop half those records in the club. But generally, I would say it is the same. And who would you say is your favourite DJ of all time? Oh, that's really hard. There's a lot. Oh, this is hard. You've got me on the spot here, James. Probably David Morales, but there's loads of good DJs. I love Dimitri from Paris. It's insane how many, really. <laughs> so okay. I would like to sort of just say one person, but those two guys off the top of my head, literally. Is there anyone new coming up through the ranks that you rate? I love what the Deep and Disco guys are doing in Perry. And Nick and they're very good. Ian Ossia, uh, guys like that. I think it's a very good scene at the moment. Very exciting scene. And it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out of lockdown. Especially the fact that there's a lot of DJs who I've been speaking to who would normally maybe playing in their local town, playing their sort of local clubs, having to play to please the crowd, not to play what's in their heart. Since they've gone on to live streaming, over the last year they've been playing more and more records that they truly love and they've built up a following and now they said i don't want to go back to my, my local clubs i want to play what i feel is right and what i truly love not what the manager loves there seems to be
1: a lot of creative development that's come out of the lockdown, partly because as you said, you're not having to anthem bash, you're not having to make sure that the floor stays full. The DJs that I've spoken to, especially, pretty much mimicking exactly what you're saying there. They can now literally have free reign to play the music that they love and dig a little bit deeper than they usually can because they're being paid to do it at a, a local venue, club, bar, whatever. And I think that that's really refreshing.
0: Yeah. So I think we might see a change out of lockdown with, you know, various new people who have been on the scene for a while but have not been dictated to maybe and started to realise, actually, I've built myself a following over the last year.
1: (laughs) It's at this point in the show where we ask our guests what's in their box. Is there a a signature record or a go-to tune that defines your sound, do you think?
0: Probably Walking Into Sunshine, our Full Intention remix. It always goes off when we play it. Do you remember what the first record you ever bought was? Yeah, uh, I can actually. The first... (laughs) 12 inch i bought i actually went in to get the seven inch version of it because i hadn't really heard of 12 inch singles back in 1975 or 77 something like that 75 was boney m and the track was called daddy cool I know the record and uh, he said i'm really sorry but we haven't got the seven inch but we can offer you the 12 inch for the same price so i was like oh okay you know bit <laughs> hesitant about it and then when i got home i realized how much of a bargain i had that was the first do you was- remember where you bought it from and how much you paid pearly in surrey which is where i grew up and i paid if i remember rightly i think it was 79 pence sounds about right i said about 10 i think i was something like that maybe actually about eight nine something like that and do you have a guilty pleasure track one that you possibly wouldn't usually admit to oh yeah i have quite a few actually i like a lot of burt Backrack, but it's not one track probably bear eight with me.
1: I'm I'm not in (laughs) any
0: rush. Probably Bee Gees more than a woman. Is that a guilty pleasure? The level of production and the
1: harmonies and the certain tracks you just can't go wrong and you put it in front of anyone and they'll say
0: it's just a a classic. I also like Records like Wings, Silly Love Songs, all these kind of tunes. But I am a bit of a Burt Baccarat fan, believe it or not. Fine.
1: That's fine. You know,
0: we're all entitled to our
1: our guilty pleasures. I'll tell you what you just mentioned about having the Spotify playlist in the car. It's when you pull up against the lights and you're singing your heart out and then you (laughs) realise that people are looking at you and what it is that you're singing, it's priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a treasured piece of vinyl?
0: All my vinyl is absolutely treasured.
1: I just wondered if there was one or two that you've pulled out at any point and gone, that will never leave my side.
0: What I did do is in 2012, I did get rid of 9,000 12-inch singles and kept about 1,500, but I only kept my soul, funk, and disco and about 100 house records. (laughs) They're all precious to me, especially soul, funk, and disco. It's a big part of my life. And I don't know if I could even answer that. That's such a daddy
1: response, that is, Michael. It is. I love
0: my children equally.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it It does sound like that. (laughs) Are there any new tunes that you think we should be watching out for or anything that's on your radar that you think we should have everybody listening to
0: that? Yeah, yeah. Well, from a sort of me, me, me point of view at the moment, um, I've just remixed a new version of Optimistic by Brian Power and Lucita, and it's coming on Nervous Records I've been playing it on my streams and I've had such a lovely reaction to it. So perhaps that could be the one. And the other one is a Hi-Fi Sean remix of Fire Island's Shout to the Top, um, which is amazing. And I've been playing that on the streams. Those two records really go off.
1: That's one of Graham Park's favourite tunes, by the way.
0: Is it? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah.
1: We had him on the show recently, and we were, we were chatting classic tunes, and that one came up. When you've uh, mastered it, you'd have to get him a copy over. I'm sure he'll smash that.
0: Yeah, thing. the the optimistic. Yes, uh the Fire Island one. I think they're only doing 200 vinyl of that at the moment via Juno.
1: Well, I was going to say I was also talking to Graham about record shopping. So I'll <laughs> find out where a copy is, and I'll send him up there.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But I'm sure he can uh, speak to HiFi Sean. Get one off him, or. Uh, either of the fire island boys
1: Michael I could honestly chat music for absolutely ages and ages Um, would you mind coming back on a future show with John so we can go all geek about full intention yes of course no problem excellent stuff I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that now you've committed and I've got proof so Michael listen an absolute pleasure talking to you thanks ever so much for your time you're welcome James thanks mate that wraps up the show for this week and if you like what you've heard and you fancy adding some tunes into the mix why not check out the full two hour show with an exclusive mix from tonight's guest Joining us on the next episode is the legend, Brandon Block. Thanks for listening to the show. Join us back here next Friday on Dance Masters. And don't forget to hit the link to subscribe.
0: Dance Masters, the podcast.
1: I'm only listening if you get people chatting music with DJs behind the music. Chatting music with DJs behind the music.